Mr. Navarsky, please follow me. While you were in the air, there was a military coup in your country. Republic of Krakosia is under new leadership. Krakosia? <laughs> I don't think he gets it. Where do I buy the Nike shoes? I'm going to need the passport also. Oh, okay. No, 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 Mr. Navorsky. Beyond those doors is American soil. You are not to leave this building. There's a man walking around the terminal in a bathrobe. I think it's CIA. You don't know what the hell you're talking about. That guy doesn't even speak English. I, I, I help you. Do you live nearby? Yes, gate 67. Because we are very particular about punctuality. Did you say gate 67? We don't play for cash. We play for unclaimed items from the lost and found. Next! Next! She's a wild stallion. You help me to win her heart, and you'll never go hungry again. Officer. My friends say you are stallion. What? Like a horse. Stand behind the O-line. Opa, this belong you. Thanks. We headed for home? Uh, no, I am delayed a uh, long time. the kind of woman who can get any guy she wants. Why Victor Navorsky? That's something a guy like you could never understand. You ever feel like you're just living in an airport? terminal for you that song is all mostly instruments i'm realizing as i try to sing it <laughs> see people just yeah. make money off of making a song that just has instruments yeah uh <laughs> like like what you're a composer now? what that's this is your job that's cheating that's, that's for john williams that's not having a you. having a song with instruments in it yeah why don't you write a real song that what do you no think you are instruments in it yeah you're Beethoven or something? Yeah. Get out of here. You're not a real musician until you do a cappella, baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, hello, everybody, and welcome to Dream Jerks Podcast. Dream Jerks make the dream work. This is the show where we talk about every DreamWorks animated movie in order, no matter what. I am 
one of your hosts, Kenneth, and with me, as per usual, is my good friend, John. Hey, that's me. That's John. And uh, we are here talking about a DreamWorks classic today. Uh, I don't think there's any news in the world of DreamWorks. Oh, wait, there is. Is there? We got the trailer for the next DreamWorks animated film. We did, don't we? Ruby Gilman, Teenage Kraken. (laughs) What do you think of that title? I think it's fun. It looks good. I really, I'm excited about the movie. Yeah. It, I do have one complaint. Yes. And it's, I think I know what it is. Yeah. It's the trailer itself. Yeah. Give away the entire movie. Yeah. <laughs> unless, unless everything that happened in that trailer happens in the first 20 minutes of the film, uh, you've given away your whole movie. Yeah, it looks like a lot of the finale of the movie. Like, it looks like a movie that could have maybe had a, like a twist villain, but I, then they showed us the final showdown in the trailer. Yeah, it's like, what? Why are you showing us so much? Yeah, they're showing way too much. Yeah, and, and maybe that speaks on the film itself. Maybe there's uh, everything else is just jokes and and setups for uh, comedy drama, things yeah. like that. And and for what? <laughs> they gave away everything. Yeah. Here, here's a girl that's uh, trying to pretend that she's normal, but she's actually a Kraken. And Krakens are mortal enemies of mermaids. More uh, Krakens and mermaids are uh, enemies. They fight each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this and this mermaid shows up at the at the school that that this Kraken's going to, and and, they, and then they're gonna fight. And then she's like, "Oh, I, I've been trying to be human all my life. I need to learn how to be a Kraken. You gotta teach me how to be a Kraken so I can fight these mermaids." And then they fight. Yeah, I, I can probably tell you who wins. <laughs> Not the mermaid. Yeah, but it looks good. And uh, yeah, looking forward to it. So that is the next DreamWorks animated movie. But we realized there was a very important DreamWorks movie that we missed in our in our lineup. And so we had to go back and, and talk about it. Yeah, we got to talk about this one. This is important. This is important. Today, we're talking about a movie everyone has been asking us about. The Terminal. Yeah. Um, very, can't very. Believe we've, can't believe we forgot about this one. I know. We overlooked it entirely. And uh, I hope everyone will forgive us for that. But we yep. couldn't uh, stay away. You know, we got to. Uh, we got to we got to complete the mission. We got to complete the mission that we set out for ourselves. We thought we were done with Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, but it looks like we were wrong. And we are back once again to talk about the terminal back so soon. Yeah, we thought we thought it would be like until summer till we saw each other again. But hey. Yeah, I forgot about this one other film that's a part of the DreamWorks library, so we got to yes. talk about it. So this is The Terminal, released on June 18th, 2004, directed by Steven Spielberg, screenplay by Sasha Gervasi and Jeff Nathanson, based on a story by Andrew Nichol and Sasha Gervasi, uh, starring uh, the voice talents of Tom Hanks, Catherine Zeta-Jones, Stanley Tucci, Chi McBride, and Diego Luna, made on a budget of $60 million and having a box office gross of $219.4 million. That's a profit. Yeah, they, uh, that's very good. Yeah. I'd be happy. Yeah. 
If I was DreamWorks, I'd be like, yes, yeah, thanks, guys. Yeah, that's our you movie. Did. We did that. You did a good job. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you've, well, well, you know, I just watched this movie, and yes. I believe you watched it last night, but in yeah. case any of our listeners did not watch the movie in preparation, because, I mean, we did release this as something of a surprise. Um, sure. You know, what, what, what can we do to help refresh people's memories? Oh, that's easy. Is I, I yeah, well, no, I got a solution for that. Okay. I, I sat down and I watched the terminal and I took notes on everything that happened on the screen. Uh-huh. Well, mostly everything that happened. I don't want to spoil everything for you guys. And yeah, uh, we'd like to do something right now called the plot synopsis. Oh, yeah. Known as the plot synopsis. Yes. Uh, basically, I'm going to read through my notes about uh, the events that happened in this movie. And uh, if I happen to recall those notes in less than a minute and 30 seconds, uh, you know, I get rewarded by Red Rooster, not a sponsor, Australian fast food marketeer and some creamy mashed potatoes. Mm-hmm. However, if I take more than a minute and 30 seconds, I'll be rewarded with frozen green peas. Either way, I'm getting rewarded. Yeah. Sounds yeah. like a win win to me. Yeah. Yeah. Well then, John, are you ready to find out whether you're a winner winner or if you're for dinner? I'm ready. Well then, let's hear all about the terminal and lights, camera, action. New York Airport, and a fictional man from a fictional country is trying to enter the U.S. When he lands, he eventually finds out that he's not able to enter the U.S. due to a coup that occurred against his government on the flight over. He's told by a head administrator that he's only allowed to stay at the airport terminal due to the technicality of not having a country to fly back to and no longer having a valid passport, according to the U.S. government. He finds a place to sleep in an area of the airport that's under construction and goes day by day trying to figure out how to speak English and waiting to enter the U.S. He meets people who work at the airport and over time gets to know each of them, a flight attendant who's in a relationship with a married man, a custodian who cannot return to his country due to attacking a policeman, a food attendant who's secretly in love with a security officer, and the head of an airport who wants to be in control and, be to, and to be respected. Over time, Victor finds a way to make money, help people, and just be a kind person in general. Eventually, his country is brought back to order, but before he gets a chance to enter the country, he's told that if he enters, all of his friends will be punished for helping him by the head administrator. The custodian stops Victor's plane, and Victor enters the U.S. and finally does what he came there to do, to fulfill a promise he made to his father by getting an autograph of a jazz player uh, how much time do we have left um you're at a minute five okay uh i'm gonna take the next 20 seconds to uh thank everyone for coming back for this and uh i'm just padding for time to see if i'm gonna get a minute 30 and uh, i think it's about close uh, the end all right well john i've got good news <laughs> yeah yeah, you're going to be enjoying some delicious mashed potatoes. Yeah. Unfortunately, those will not be a side dish to a pizza, but they will be a delicious main course because your plop synapse came in at a minute and 18 seconds. We did it. I got scared for a minute. And I didn't want to take too long, but there you yeah. go. Yeah, so that's OK. I can buy myself my own pizza and still <laughs> still enjoy the victory either way. Yeah. Yeah. Congratulations. And a great synapse of the terminal. Uh, I had never seen this movie before today. You haven't? No, this is my first time watching it. And as a big Steven Spielberg fan, I was a little bit surprised that there's so many of his movies I haven't seen, this being one of them. Yeah. Uh, but I liked, I liked this. Oh, good. 
he has a way of making even the simplest little stories really compelling to watch. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a, a mix of Steven Spielberg. It's Tom Hanks just being so likable and watchable. Um, Stanley Tucci is great. Uh, John Williams' music is really good. Like, I don't know. It was just a very enjoyable, enjoyable time. I agree. That, that film is good. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I saw it uh, probably around the time that it first was released and enjoyed it then. And I've had it in my DVD collection uh, for a long time. I actually have a, uh, a Hollywood video copy of The Terminal. If oh. you if you ever remember Hollywood video or yeah uh, yeah so uh DVD rental uh store yeah um and it still holds up yes this movie no matter if you've seen it before when it first came around the time where it first came out or if you see it now it still holds up pretty well yeah um there there are a few things that I've kind of changed opinions on like uh initially seeing it you're kind of rooting for victor uh when whenever he's in the terminal and everything and and he's meeting the character of uh catherine zeta jones's character who's the flight attendant who Mm -hmm. is um having a physical relationship with a married man in new york yeah and you want victor who is not married doesn't have a girlfriend doesn't you know it's just pretty much single and yeah. available. You're, you're kind of <laughs> rooting for him. And I was rooting for him whenever I first saw the movie. Hey, Victor, you're going to get the girl happy ending. Um, but then you kind of realize, no, there's, that's not necessary. I, it, it, felt, it felt like when I first watched it, that that was like the main goal, aside from getting out of the, the terminal and getting to New York, is getting the girl. But it's not necessarily. It's just teaching. He's basically just it's it's another side quest. Yeah. You're, you're basically teaching this person how to trust people, how to know how to know what what kind of like not true love, but like a different kind of love feels like. Right. If I because she's so used to being in this uh relationship with this with this man who's married uh which is a terrible uh, terrible thing to do yeah. uh, like uh, <laughs> infidelity is is bad yeah um but that's probably that's probably all she knew controversial Not, take from john <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> what that infidelity is bad yeah yeah hot take yeah um <laughs> uh but but what I'm trying to say is that it, it, he's showing her a different kind of love that she yeah. used to some something that's honest with with good intentions. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I see what you mean. I see what you mean. It's kind of this this movie is all side quests. You know, it's him just trying yeah. to figure out how to exist in this airport terminal um, without being able to leave without having money, without having a place to sleep. Uh, you know, luckily, I think this is like really before the time of cell phones, so he didn't have to worry about charging that. Yeah. Um, but all he had to worry about was, uh, you know, how to, how to make coins so that he could uh, eat Burger King. 
Um, great. Yeah. Product 70, placement. <laughs> 75 cents for a hamburger. Yeah. 76 cents got him a burger at Burger King in oh, 2004. Not even 76, 74 cents because they gave him a penny and he said, Keep Oh, the they change. gave him a penny back. I it thought they were like helping him out. No. I thought they were like, Oh, you need an extra penny. Here you go. <laughs> no, 74 cents for yeah. a hamburger. That's how you I'm, know this movie is fictional. That's. <laughs> I want to look up how much, like, what's the cheapest Burger King, like, burger that you well, can get today? Well, during that, I, well, I don't know. I don't know for today, but during that time, I looked it up. The average price for a hamburger was like a dollar and twelve cents. Okay, so even and then, we're talking like baseline hamburger. We're not talking like the Whopper, or the Big Mac, or anything. We're talking about just right like hamburger, just the the dollar menu cheapest bur- burger that you can get. Right, the at- cheapest. Yeah, the cheapest was White Castle, and then you had McDonald's, which I think was like 80-something cents, and then Burger King was like $1.19. So I think the average was like average price for a hamburger during that time, which was 2004, I believe. Yeah. $1.12, which blows my mind. That is, yeah, that's surprising. Um, oh, there's King Jr. Does that, is that Kids Meals? I'm looking at the Burger King menu right now. Oh, that probably is a Whopper Jr. or like a King Jr., yeah. Because he he got a very basic hamburger. Yes, very basic, uh, like baseline, no add-ons, no uh, supersize, nothing like that. Just, just the cheapest you got. Okay, so right, I'm looking here at the Burger King menu, and there's one that's just called Hamburger. Looks like the most simple uh option mm-hmm. and that costs two dollars and 19 cents today <laughs> which is actually still pretty dang cheap yeah by that, today's standards by today's standards <laughs> that's affordable yeah so actually i kind of can believe that that might have been 74 cents in yeah. 2004 yeah but if you think about it like these fast food chains today have dollar menus. Like you go to Taco Bell, you can get like four, like five or six items for a dollar. Granted, yeah. you probably only get get like what cinnamon twists or a like just regular, just uh, yeah, just a, taco. A, a crunchy taco by itself with like yeah, basically just meat and cheese and lettuce. Yeah, and that's it. Yeah, I mean, if you want a Doritos Locos tacos or you want you want like a Crunchwrap Supreme or a grilled stuffed burrito, you're gonna you're going to pay yeah. in more ways than one. Looking at these um, Whoppers on the menu, I want, I want a Whopper now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will have a Whopper so long as it's strictly from the Whopper bar at CityWalk Orlando. Yeah, I've heard you say that before. Yeah, because um, I've tried Whoppers elsewhere at like regular like Burger King locations. Mm-hmm. It doesn't compare to the Whopper bar. For whatever reason, for them just have like, and it's not even that they they don't strictly just have Whoppers, which I think it started out that way. And then they added chicken sandwiches and yeah. other things like you that. You can get chicken fries there, like Zach Brown Band loves so yeah. much. Um, but I just I just think it, they, they should have just stuck with the Whoppers, in my opinion. Just made well, it like, m- this is a hamburger <laughs> bar, and that is it. And the thing about the Whopper bar was that you could get like different kinds of Whoppers that weren't at normal Burger King locations. Like that they had a, they had like an avocado Whopper or like, you know, like different like, you know, Southwest Whopper or like, yep. you know, whatever. Who knows? Um, 
you know, the Whopper bar is like your cheers bar. You want to go where everybody knows your name. You walk in the Whopper bar like, hey, John. Yeah, I'll have my usual, please. (laughs) And you sit down next to Norm and, you know, you talk about life. Yeah. Life in City Walk. Life in the City Walk. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I remember when I moved out to the big City Walk. uh... (laughs) Uh, The big City Walk. Yeah. (laughs) um i remember my first time in the city walk <laughs> yes oh but yeah the terminal like this movie very much uh great product placement great product placement from the american version of hungry jack yeah and um burger king uh, starbucks mm-hmm. borders his little oh borders speaking yeah. of hollywood video and other extinct businesses borders books yep no longer yeah. with us so yeah. barnes and noble though yeah. And that's where I get all my uh, Criterion Collection Blu-rays from. Okay. See, I only have one Criterion Blu-ray, and that's from for Wally. I got um, that one, too. Yeah, I had to get that because it's yeah. my favorite movie. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, I really liked this movie. I liked, you know, just I liked seeing how, how this man is going to survive and pass the time and, you know, just kind of wait patiently for his situation to turn around yeah um and it is loosely based on a true story oh really yes uh let me look up uh the terminal true story let's do you do you think when when victor is speaking his language is that a real language do you think or that he's that tom hanks had to learn those lines or well, or I is actually, that gib- like kind of gibberish well i actually watched uh the movie with subtitles and uh it said he was speaking bulgarian oh so okay. uh, the the country of uh, uh Krakosia. Krakosia. Yeah. Um, it is a fictional country. So if you if you're looking to visit Krakosia, I'm sorry, it does not exist. No. Well, it, uh, and it fell in the revolution. It did, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's supposed to be one of these Eastern European uh border alongside of the, the Russian border kind of countries. Yeah. Uh, and there's a there's a government coup that happens. And because of the government coup, all flights to and from are are banned and because it's not recognized as an actual country by the u.s at that time that's what forces uh victor Novorsky into the situation where he has no home to go back to at the moment and he's not allowed to leave the airport yeah it honestly this whole setup is very like can you know they do a good job of explaining why this is happening but realistically i don't think that they would ever make someone have to just like hang out in the airport indefinitely like this yeah you know what i mean like i feel like they would have there would have been some accommodation made because the circumstances are so unpredictable you know like there's no way you could prepare for a situation like this and i don't think they would have just thrown their hands in the air and been like well you're kind of uh, in a no man's land and we're not going to do anything to help. Like, I think they probably would have put him up in a hotel or something, you know, but they just didn't do anything for him. So yeah. the, the Stanley the, Stanley Tucci's being a, 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 a to buy the books, no room for gray area, black and white, yep. black and black and white Tucci man. Yeah. Um, uh, unwilling to budge on anything ever. Yeah. 
Um, so in I I'm not exactly sure because it doesn't necessarily say in like subtitles or anything on the screen exactly how long he's at the airport, but I think it's mentioned uh somewhere towards the end of the film, uh, something along the timeline of nine months. Wow. Nine months that Victor Navorsky is in this airport terminal and is living in this airport terminal. Uh there was a book that was written called The Terminal Man in 2004 that was written about a, a uh, it's actually an autobiography of a, of a man by the name of Meran Karimi Nasseri. Uh, uh, mm. Sir Alfred Meran was an Iranian af- refugee who lived in the departure lounge terminal of, uh, of Terminal 1 in the Charles de Gaulle airport in Paris, France. How long do you think he lived in this airport? In the true story, um, well, if, if Victor lived in the airport for nine months, I'm guessing this guy must have been longer. Um, I would say maybe over a year. Maybe I'll say like a year and a half. Okay, you're correct with the first uh, assessment. He was in the airport, uh, in the Charles de Gaulle airport for over a year. Okay. He, he was in the airport from August 26, 1988 mm-hmm. until July 2006. What? He was in this airport for 18 years, Kenneth. Uh, uh, why? <laughs> <laughs> He was expelled from Iran in 1977 for protests. Uh, He was able to travel between the UK and France, but in 1988, his papers were lost when his briefcase was allegedly stolen. Uh, Arriving in London, he was returned to France where when he failed to present a passport to the British immigration officials uh, at the French airport, he was unable to prove his identity or refugee status. And so was detained at the waiting area for travelers without papers. Uh, his case was later taken on by the French uh, human rights lawyers. Uh, attempts were made to have new documents issued from Belgium, but the authorities there would only do so if he presented himself in person, which he was not able to do. Uh, the Belgian authorities granted permission for him to travel to Belgium, but only if he agreed to leave, live there under supervision of a social worker. Uh, his refusal to sign the documents, blah, blah, blah. Uh, yeah, so he just stayed at Terminal 1. Just living in in the airport terminal in Paris, and in two thousand three, wow. uh, DreamWorks production company paid a rumored two hundred seventy five thousand dollars to him for the rights to his story, but ultimately did not use his story in the uh, subsequent film, The Terminal. Yeah, um, that's incredible. Uh, so this is kind of true, and this movie was made before his story was even over. Yeah. Exactly, because he was in there until 2006. So maybe he saw the movie. Who knows? Yeah, somebody brought him a copy of it. What did he do with that money? They paid him this rights to his story, and then he just hung out in the airport for two more years. Yeah, well, what yeah, did I he mean, do with two hundred seventy-five thousand dollars? <laughs> you have whoppers for life, bud. <laughs> yeah, I know. Wow. Okay, that's yeah. crazy. Um. Yeah, I liked this movie a lot. I liked how everyone, you know, grew to love him. And, uh, and uh, you know, he was like the hero of the airport in a way. And then how funny that, like, the reason he was there at all was just to get an autograph from this one guy. Yeah. Um, I, for, I, I missed it in his story when he told Catherine Zeta-Jones. But was his dad still alive? You know, it, it didn't. 
I don't recall his father saying that he was still alive, but it, it leads me to believe that with Victor being as old as he is, his father was probably either very ill yeah. or dead. That's my yeah. assumption. Yeah. Um, but the fact that it's all this whole thing, this whole reason that he's here and everything is to just get an autograph from a, if I was Stanley Tucci after about a month, I would go to Mr. K. Why are you here? Yeah. You just need, you need an autograph. I'm going to go call this guy. Yeah. I'll go get it for you. him to the terminal, <laughs> get you the autograph. And then. Well, I, I mean, you wouldn't be able to do anything because you can send him back to Kokosia. So what are you going to yeah, do? Yeah, but at, at least then, you know, he's clear to leave whenever, you know, it opens back up. Yeah. Or maybe even just, hey, you have a flight that's going back to Kokosia. We can't honor that flight because, you know, the country's banned. But what if I got you to the next country over? Yeah, <laughs> sure. What if I got you yeah, not well, at home, but close enough to where... We'll fly yeah, you next door. Yeah, fly you next door. So if you want to walk or drive, you can. Yeah. Then well, you, once you're over there, you're, uh, you know. You're no longer my problem. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Although, would he have had a similar issue, you know, landing at customs at a different country? Listen, I, I don't know the technicalities <laughs> of all these. <laughs> all I know is that the U.S. didn't recognize uh, Krakosia. As yeah. a, as a country, so maybe the other countries in the Eastern Bloc would have. Who knows? I don't know. Yeah, or maybe they would have been like, "Oh, you're from next door. We understand what's happening over there. Uh, we we gotcha. Don't worry. I know yeah. it's rough. Yeah, just set him up in a hotel room or something. Do something with him. Don't just like be a little compassionate. Have a little bit of humanity and, and yeah. dignity. To come on, Tooch. Much. Come on, Tooch. Not everything has to be. <laughs> Black and white. There's a there's a little nudge for gray and everything. Yeah, there's got to be some gray. Yeah. Otherwise, you're you're just gonna have a you're gonna make people's lives miserable. Yeah. Yeah. Like he did in this movie. Yeah. Um. You know who was fun to see? Um. Uh. Was Scott Adsit, who just the taxi driver at the very 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 end. Yeah. Uh. Pete from Thirty Rock. <laughs> yeah. He's just. He was just there. He just made yeah. the. I was in the terminal. Yeah, what role? I was at the very end of the movie. Yeah, I have one line. So, where are you going? Are you where you want to go? Yeah, I'm, I'm going home. And then and the if, music, music swells up. Yeah, and and you get it's getting to the end of the film, and then the cameras yeah. like zooming out from the taxi. Meanwhile, in the taxi, he's like, "Yeah, bud, where's home? Yeah, where's your? What's the address? I have worked seven <laughs> days in a row. This is my eleventh hour out of a twelve-hour shift. Please tell me, yeah, where is home? No questions asked. Just, yeah, I'm going home. Cool. Um, is that east, west? Yeah. Is that so? What Queens? Oh, oh, uh, JFK. <laughs> oh, JFK. Oh, you don't even live in New York. Yeah. How was I supposed to know? <laughs> yeah. Not a mind reader out here, guy. Yeah. I just, I'm just an honest man who drives a taxi cab. I drive a taxi. Just um, tell me where you go. <laughs> home. I would like to go home too. Yeah. First, I got to drop you off. <laughs> yeah. Um, At your place. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, this movie, I don't know that this movie has any like needle drop soundtrack moments, but if there was one song that we might consider putting in this movie, uh, that would be Baby Got Back by Sir Mix-a-Lot because it's time to ask our usual question, 
put this movie through the baby got bactal test. If this movie can get two uh, unanimous answers to these two questions, then it will pass the test. Those two questions are, does this movie contain the song Baby Got Back by Sir Mix-a-Lot? And part two is, should this movie contain the song Baby Got Back by Sir Mix-a-Lot? So part one, does this mo- song is the song in this movie? No. No, it's not. Now, is there a place in this film where that song could have been included and it would have made sense or made the movie better? Should it have been here? Let's really consider it. Um, Maybe at the I, jazz club. <laughs> the jazz oh, club. The j- <laughs> <laughs> he goes all the way there from Kirkosia to get this autograph. And the guy's like, oh, give me one second. We got to get started. We got to edit that. We got to make that happen. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we do. <laughs> no. Um, I mean, it, uh, they're pl- always playing classical music in the airport. Did you notice that? They're never mm-hmm. playing any just like pop radio. I feel no. like. And I wonder if that was a specific choice. You know what I mean? Yeah. So well, maybe. In one of those lounges, they might have been playing Baby Got Back. And it wouldn't have been like a part of the story or like part of the scene. It's just there playing in the yeah. background. Maybe it was at Borders. Yeah. Had headphones on and Borders. Or maybe that's what, instead of listening to jazz on his headphones, maybe that's what he was listening to whenever he was working oh, uh, yeah. doing the construction. <laughs> yeah, you're right. He, was, he had headphones on and he must have been listening to Baby Got Back. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I would have liked to hear it. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like, have you ever seen, and I haven't actually even seen it myself, but I know the premise. There's a documentary called uh, uh, Searching for Sugar Man. Have you ever heard of that? I have heard of it, but I've never seen it. Do you know what it's about? No, I do not. So there's this, it's this guy who like released an album in America. I don't know where he's from. I'm going to look it up while I'm trying to explain this. Okay. So this, this guy writes an album, puts it out, you know, makes a few hundred copies of it on CD and uh, it doesn't really take off in his musical career. Just, you know, you know, it fizzles away and he gives up and whatever. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. And that's the end of the story as far as he knows, but unbeknownst to him, um, across the world in uh, Cape town, South Africa? Uh, yes. In Cape Town, South Africa, this guy's album is huge. The guy's name is Rodriguez. Okay. Um, Rodriguez, his album is huge in South Africa. And everyone is always wondering, why didn't Rodriguez ever make more music? And all these like urban legends and and like stories about what happened to him, how did he die, all this stuff. But he's like Elvis over there, like he's huge, like he's oh. he's. And so, the movie is about these two guys from South Africa trying to figure out what happened to Rodriguez, and then finding out that like he's still alive and he just like never made more music because nobody cared, and he d- didn't know that he became this like legend in South Africa. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. That's a wild story. What a yeah. crazy story, Mark. 
<laughs> so that's a documentary that we should watch. Um, that won't be on DreamWorks because it's not a DreamWorks movie. I was about to say, is it a DreamWorks movie? No, it, Redbox Film, Passion Pictures, Canfield Pictures, uh, Sverige's Television, um, distributed by Nonstop Entertainment in Sweden and Studio Canal in the United Kingdom. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Foreign film. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it looks like the United States was not involved in this, uh, in the production of this movie at all. Did it win any awards? I feel like it wasn't, it was at Sundance. I think it was nominated for a a documentary feature. Maybe awards and nominations won the best documentary category at the 85th Academy Awards. So yes, it did win. Yes. (laughs) Amazing. Yeah. I need to see this film. I don't remember why I brought this up. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Oh, because Sir mix a lot. He's like Rodriguez in Krakosia, you know, he's, that's it. He's, he is a star like like yeah. victor loves like regards uh sir mix a lot like like we regard elvis or uh i don't know beyonce <laughs> yeah but that's that's a crazy story in of itself i like i've heard of the movie title but i've never like looked anything look past any further than that yeah that's a crazy thing to think of. It's like if you put out something and all of a sudden this country on the other side of the planet, all of a sudden gets this fever and they, yeah. they play your music nonstop and, and, and talk about when, when, when come to Brazil, you know? Yeah. That's <laughs> all they talk about is when you're going to visit and, and tour Yeah, and you just don't put anything out because you put one thing out and then where you're living, it's nothing. So you yeah. just give up. And that's you crazy. don't even know that people are listening to it across the world. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I do think that this movie should have had Baby Got Back in it because of Kirkosia's love for Sir Mix-a-Lot. As we know, he's a legend there. And uh, I think that Victor would have been listening to nothing but Sir Mix-a-Lot and especially his most famous masterpiece, Baby Got Back. That would have been it. Would have made it better. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So this film fails the test, then, right? It does. Okay. It should have had it. It fails. Yeah. Fails miserably. I don't think any of Steven Spielberg's movies pass the test. <laughs> no, it's crazy to think that. Yeah. Yeah. Every Doesn't single movie maybe of his should have had Jaws, Jurassic especially Park, Saving Private Ryan, Saving Private Ryan, list. Endless List. Yeah. Yeah. None of them. None of them. Yeah. Um. Now, is there a theme park experience that we would have wanted to, you know, that we would like to see for the terminal? Should some theme park build a replica of this terminal so that we can experience waiting there for nine months? Yes. (laughs) I think having the terminal is the indoor uh area that's outside of dream jerks park yeah where it's kind of like your city walk oh okay it's like a yeah 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 so it's just one big building outside of the theme park yeah it's all indoor all ac all air it's almost almost like um like a disney quest you know a little bit except there's not as many games 
Um, mm-hmm. There's really just places to sit and eat and shop. Yeah. Which is basically what like City Walk and Disney Springs are for the most part. Yeah. Just uh, places to eat, places to shop. Um, and um, places to return uh, luggage carts. Yep. For <laughs> coins. <laughs> I basically want to turn this into like a city walk meets a uh, meow wolf where you have um different actors that are inside of this terminal that you can kind of interact with and and share stories and everything like that okay so mm. basically if you want to just eat and shop in the terminal you can if you want to walk through the terminal to get to Dreamworks Park, you can. Yeah. If you want to pay three extra dollars to be get to be given uh, a card or a passport, and then you are given directions, go to this area in the terminal uh, and give them your passport. Oh and yeah. Go, and you go to this area in the terminal and you meet an actor and they say, okay, so at this time. Unfortunately, your passport is now no longer invalid. In order for you to exit this terminal, you're going to have to wait. Yeah. And in the meantime of you waiting inside of the terminal, and let's say it's like a 30-minute wait. So really, okay. in, instead of just a 30-minute wait, you're given 30 minutes to kind of explore the terminal, talk to different actors. Like maybe you're trying, you're, as soon as you get there, you're like, okay, I'm going to try to escape the terminal. I'm going to try to get out in 30 minutes. And so you go to um, the lines where you have to fill out paperwork and you bring in a green form. No, no, no. You need the light green form and you bring yeah. in the light green form <laughs> and, and you walk away and this guy in a red jumpsuit says, Hey, I really like that girl. I need you to go talk to her for me. I need you to go get another form and talk to her for me. Find out more about her. Um, or you go and you meet someone and you're invited to play a poker game with some actors and you just oh, play yeah. poker. For, nice. for a while or you uh go and explore a, a side of the terminal that is um left abandoned and you can just kind of go in there and you can make your own beds or you can do some construction work like a construction guy finds you like hey you want to help me paint these walls and you paint walls and stuff and you know <laughs> stuff like that and after and after your 30 minutes are up you get your passport back and you're able to leave yeah so it's more of an art installation <laughs> acting experience. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I like that. What do you think? I think, I think maybe they're that, that's yeah, I agree with all of that. I like the immersive terminal experience. Wait until you're allowed to leave. Um, and I also like the idea of, you know, Maybe we turn those luggage carts into some sort of flat ride. Um, luggage cart, like kind of like um, Mater's Junkyard Jamboree or whatever, you know? Okay. Or Luigi's Flying Tires uh, in, in Cars Land, mm-hmm. but with the luggage carts in the, in the terminal. Um, yeah, or even like an indoor luggage cart coaster. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I would like that. That sounds pretty cool. Um, yeah. You can... Us, uh, getting away from the theme park pitch, I just want to remember the fact that in this movie, uh, Diego Luna and Zoe Saldana's characters get married 
Um, I, it seems like just after meeting for the first time. <laughs> yes. And funny enough, both <laughs> actors, one actor goes on to star in a Star Trek film and the other actor goes on to star in a Star Wars film. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think uh, Spielberg, uh, good good call on that. He saw it coming a mile away. Oh, you away. know what I just realized too? Mm. Um, the her character in this movie is a Trekkie. She yes. goes to conventions and she dresses up like a Star Trek character. I don't yeah. remember the name, but yeah. That too. And then she was in the real Star Trek and movies. And she was in the real Star Trek movie. Yeah. He knew. He's like, I see the future. I know you're going to be in a Star Trek movie. Let's make you a Trekkie in this film. You know, just yeah. to be fun. Just, just for laughs. Just so that way uh, I have something to look back on and laugh at and go, hey, I told everyone that that was going to happen and no one believed me. No one knew anything. And, you know, yeah. he knew. He and knew. not only is she in Star Trek, but she's also plays... She also plays two very well-known aliens from other things, too, like Guardians of the Galaxy, Avatar. Yeah. And here she is just sitting at a desk telling people, no, you're not allowed to leave. Yeah. Crazy, huh? <laughs> yeah. Passage of time. I know. Yeah. Um, okay. I like this theme park experience. I'm glad that we have a Burger King in the, in the complex, um, uh, which I'm getting very hungry for at this moment. <laughs> you want that Burger King? I do. I think I'm going to go get Burger King after that. <laughs> Good call, man. This this uh, episode is brought to you by Burger King. Uh, yeah. Whopper, 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 Whopper. Whopper. Or should I, I go to the Whopper bar? Should I go to the Whopper bar? You might as well. Wow. Because honestly, if I go to the nearest Burger King, I'm all, all like halfway to the actual Whopper bar. <laughs> Yeah, might as well commit. <laughs> yeah, it'll only take me a few extra minutes. Final thoughts on the terminal, John? What do you think? I like I like this movie very much. I enjoyed it. I think honestly, of uh, Steven Spielberg's animated films, this is probably number one. Um, yeah, I th- I liked it better than The Adventures of Tintin. Yeah, yeah, it's that's a tough call too. But uh, I mean, both are have comedy, drama, a little bit of action here and there, a little bit of pratfalls, but. Uh, um, you know, Terminal is so good, man. And even, even if it's been a while since you've seen it, if you watch it again, you'll recall everything. Cause one of my friends was saying, once you've seen this movie, you've seen it and you'll remember it. So, mm. um, pretty memorable movie, pretty good movie. Two thumbs up. Yeah. Well, uh, do you have it ranked on your list? I do have it ranked. Okay. okay. It is in the top 10. Ooh, okay. It is in the top five. Oh, wow. Okay. Kenneth, same. What? Yes? Let's just say uh, together on three. You ready? Oh, oh what, what the number is on the ranking? Yeah, because I have a feeling we're, we're both feeling the same way about this film. Yeah. Okay. So, so on the count of, on the, well, should we count it down or should we count it up from three? Let's do a countdown. Countdown. So yeah. it's, we'll, we'll count three, two, one, and then after that, we'll say the number. Yep. Okay. Here All we right. go. Three, three two, two, one, one. One. Yeah. Whoa. Wow. <laughs> That's awesome. Number one, man. This is the best movie DreamWorks animation has ever made. This is it. And I liked it a lot. Yeah. And uh, I'm happy. I'm happy. 
Happy boy for a happy movie. Yeah. Should yeah. we play the Rotten Tomatoes game? <laughs> Let's play the Rotten Tomatoes game. Okay. All right. Let me bring it up on Rotten Tomatoes here. Boom. There it is. Okay. Uh, Kenneth, the terminal is rated PG 13. It was released in 2004. It's titled comedy drama, two hours, 18 minutes. So a little bit over 30 minutes, but uh, it was needed. Yeah. Um, what do you think the tomato meter was on this? I could see this movie doing really well. And I can also see people walking out being like, what a waste of time. Like that was so boring. Uh, you know, I don't know. I, I, I have a feeling that it's not, that high i don't know if i want to say it's below the 70s i don't think it could be maybe in the 80s i think maybe it's like 84 percent okay yeah 84 you're gonna stick with that i think so it's i have no sense of of how liked this movie is um it's kind of not that we like it we liked it a lot yeah uh and i don't know I don't know what, how other people feel. Yeah. It's other people that ruins things, don't they? Yeah. Uh, yeah. 84. All right. The critics' consensus is the terminal transcends its flaws through the sheer virtue of its crowd-pleasing message and a typical solid star turned from Tom Hanks. There you go. There you go. What flaws? Exactly, right? <laughs> That's what I'm trying to figure out. I don't know. Uh it is not 80%, unfortunately. I do apologize for you, Kenneth. Okay. Uh, the tomato meter for the terminal is 61%. <gasps> oh, my God. Yeah. See, no. I was thinking 60s, but I didn't. I was going to go high 60s. Yeah. Uh, it's not certified fresh, but it's, it's uh, still tomato. It is a tomato. It's, um, it's a tomato that's been around for a little while. It's not rotten yet, but it's still not, fr- it's not fresh. Yeah, it is right. Midlife tomato. Yeah. And the audience score is 74%. Okay, see, the audience is a little smarter. Yeah, so three out of four people like the terminal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And we're two of those three. And yeah. (laughs) So we need to find one more person and they won't like it. Well, well, yeah, we need to find two people. Oh, you said three out of four. Yeah, yeah, three out of four, 74%. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Okay, two of us. We need to have one more friend who's going to like it, and then one Which person who won't like automatically it. automatically the fourth person will hate it. Yeah. 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 Um, and that's just how it works. Yeah. Uh, plugs. You can listen to this show on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. If you've never heard this show before, you should go listen to it. It's very nice. Um you can follow the show on, on, on social media at DreamDerksPod. You can email us at DreamDerksPodcast at gmail.com. Leave a review and a rating on Apple Podcasts or any other podcast apps that will let you do that. Uh, Smoke Vanish, Alpha Zeta Bones Jones, uh, Marcus Lightspeed, Crazy Calzoni, Fat Giraffe, Will Do Am, Bobo Denkirk, Christopher Plummer, Hansel Zipper, Richard Shinari. We will see you all at band practice. And uh, for the dream to work, we've got to go to sleep. So, good night, everybody. Good night. Happy April Fool's Day. Bye. (laughs) Dream Jerks podcast has no affiliation with DreamWorks Animation, Universal Pictures, or Comcast NBC Universal. The views or opinions expressed are those of the participants and do not represent the companies or organizations they happen to work for. Theme music by Pangolin.